listening to the Story Embers podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, Grace Livingston, and welcome to episode 46, Reading Widely. I'm Grace Livingston. I'm Josiah DeGruff. I'm Lori Scott. I'm Mariposa Aristia. And today we're talking about what writers read. As the old saying goes, good writers are good readers first. But that begs the question, what should writers be reading? There are obviously so many great books to read, and we can't talk about them all today. But in this episode, I wanted to hone in on a specific piece of advice I've heard, which is reading outside of the genre you write in. Why is it important for writers to read outside their given genre? Josiah, I'll have you go first. One of the first things that comes to my mind is that reading fiction outside of your the genre that you write in is a great way to keep your fiction from becoming more myopic or more narrow, and it broadens the range of ideas you have to draw on. Um, oftentimes, there are common tropes and patterns that exist in certain genres that don't exist in other genres. And obviously, if you're writing a genre, you want to be aware of what reader expectations are and seeking to meet them and match them. But sometimes, you know, if you're only focused on your genre, there are other great ideas that other genres have that can help give you inspiration and creativity and give you something new. And if you're just reading your genre, you're going to miss those ideas. Um, you know, I think that there's a number of authors and storytellers out there who, whether they explicitly mention it or not, have been helped by getting different ideas from other genres. And you know, that's perhaps most clear in crossover books. Is um, after one of the the previous podcasts where you know, Gabrielle was talking about the seven and a half lives of Evelyn Hardcastle. Um, you know, I picked up the book where I think there are several other Storember staffers who picked up it and read it. Um, you know, that's clearly a book that's, you know, it's a blend of both uh, mystery techniques and, uh, you, know, you know, of mystery novels and, and sci-fi novels. Um, and there are many, many other novels out there um, that are also you know, doing this. And maybe it's obvious, like with this book, that it's blending two genres. But even if it's not obvious... Um, we can often learn things um, from the strengths of other genres. And so I think for me, you know, reading books from other genres, as well as just being enjoyable, is a great way to make sure that I'm not limiting myself and um, uh, not uh, making my box smaller than it needs to be. I would just like to kind of reiterate what Josiah said. I think that everything we read somehow shapes our thinking, if only in a small way. When we only read one or two genres, we are limiting ourselves to this one type of thinking, or these certain types of techniques, or these certain types of settings. But when we begin to read other genres, we grow our knowledge, we expand our thinking, and we give ourselves more opportunities to learn other techniques we may not have seen in the books we typically read. So I would say it's important to read other genres because they'll ultimately shape our character more as people and grow our knowledge of writers. And for me, if you had asked me this question a couple of years ago, I frankly would have just laughed. <laughs> and I would have said, there is no way that I'm going to pick up a romance novel or a drama. I mean, because I do science fiction fantasy. That's what I love to read. But I had some friends who gave me books for gifts and insisted that I read them. One of them was Where the Crawdads Sing. This is not a book that I would pick up under any circumstances, but I'm like, okay, I'll read this book because my friend wants me to. 
And the prose in it was so incredibly rich and beautiful that there were just sections of this book that I just soaked up. I actually took pictures of pages with my phone so I could go back and read and reread those sections. And I never would have been exposed to that if I hadn't picked up a book in a different genre. Another one is like historical fiction. I don't do history. It's just like, ah, don't want to read that. But there's a girl in my writer's group who writes historical fiction. And so I'm critiquing her stuff. And chapter by chapter, I'm getting a little bit more information. And I found myself saying, did that really happen? Did that really happen? Is that true? And so I was just, you know, it's another genre that I would pick up now. I would definitely pick it up now. So my point is that there are books that I wouldn't pick up and think of all I would have missed out on had I not taken that chance and read outside of my comfort zone. You know, it pushes the boundaries of our own thinking and it exposes us to other things that are beautifully and well-written. Do you guys think that part of this value of reading outside of your genre comes from the fact that some genres are stronger than others in specific areas? Like, do you think specific genres have specific strengths, in your opinion? So, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, and, you know, Laura and Mariposa, you can tell me if you've you've noticed, you know, similar things or not, you know, but I've noticed that because of the the nature of different genres, um, that there are certain things that authors in those genres tend to just be really good at because the whole genre is dependent on it, right? So if you're writing a romance novel, you really, really, really need to know how to write really likable, sympathetic characters, because if we're not rooting for that guy and that girl, we're not going to be following the story. If you're writing something like mystery, you need to be really good at being able to craft plots that are unpredictable. Because if I know who the murderer is on the third chapter, well, probably the mystery novel is not going to be the best mystery novel out there. And so, you know, one of the things I found for myself as a writer is, you know, writing in fantasy and speculative fiction genre. You know, as I've been working on crafting uh, more uh, sympathetic and realistic and great characters, I found that I've actually, in terms of what I've learned by example, I've learned more from, you know, say reading YA contemporary than I've done from reading fantasy. Because one of the things I've discovered is that YA contemporary tends to be built in having really good characterization. And it's not that fantasy doesn't have great characterization, but in terms of why do people you'll come to read fantasy. Well, it's often for, you know, the great sweeping world plots or the creativity of the world building or other things, right? And so sometimes fantasy novels can get away with having characters that aren't quite as realistic and vivid because that's, you know, not necessarily the primary reason why people are coming to the genre, right? And, you know, why contemporary, on the other hand, is so built on having these rich characters uh, that are complex and dynamic and sympathetic and likable, you know, and this kind of goes back to the first question, but I found that, you know, one of the benefits of reading other genres is not just the fact that it you know shows you other things, gives you different ideas, but I feel like sometimes authors of certain genres, because the genre requires it, you'll just become really, really good at certain uh, techniques of fiction writing. Um, so those are a few of the different strengths I've seen in a few of the different genres I've read. And I agree with Josiah, but I had kind of a, a different little thought when I looked at this question. Because immediately you think of, oh, 
you know, this niche, they do this really well. I was thinking of that fantasy world and science fiction world, how they have to build those worlds from scratch and what a creative exercise that is. But as I reflected on this, I also thought about my friend, again, who writes historical fiction. And now it's true, she doesn't build a world from scratch, but she does have to take an existing world and an existing event, and she has to understand the depth and the complexities and all the emotions involved in that, and then weave it all together into a believable fiction tale, which is very, very similar to building a world. There's just a little bit of rules that she has to follow that are already in place. So to me, both of those genres are very creative and they both have to build worlds in a very creative way. So while there are those strengths in certain areas, I definitely think there's a little bit of an overlap. And this goes back to what we were saying, uh, you know, what Mary Posa was saying and Josiah was saying about reading those other genres, being able to pull from those genres certain techniques that you can infuse into what you're currently writing. There's a way to take those threads and those strengths and then own them for yourself. I definitely would say that some genres are better at certain areas than other genres. Although I wouldn't say this is always the case because it's going to depend a lot on the author and the story. But in general, I feel like children's fiction is better at humor than adult fiction. I'd also say that children's fiction is better at creating quirky characters. I would say that romance is better at weaving emotion into a story. And historical fiction is awesome at capturing those little details that make the setting seem authentic. And horror, it tends to be good at giving me nightmares. That's good. <laughs> One thing I'll add um, to that for the folks that are listening to this who are horror writers is that in addition to uh, to be good at to perhaps giving readers nightmares, you know, one of the things I think I've learned from horror writers, I think they do a you know that good horror writers do a good job of is just showing the disquieting nature of sin and evil the fact that look you are our problems aren't just uh aren't just you know cuter or minor things but you know as christians we should see something about sin that's actually rather disquieting something that's rather disturbing the fact that things aren't supposed to be this way um i think you know the good horror writers um that i've read do a great job of showing sin and evil for what it is is something that should disturb us something that should disquiet us is something that shouldn't be a part of this uh, reality and world. And so that's one of the things I think I've, I've learned from the few, not many, but the few horror novels I've read. But again, jumping on to that, I think those things can be borrowed and used in other genres. Uh, when you were talking, I was thinking about something I found very disquieting when I read Where the Red Fern Grows. And at the very end, those two adorable dogs die, little Ann and old Dan. I sobbed my way through it. Every single time I read it, I sobbed my way through it. It's very disquieting. Um, and it's, it's not matched up. I think the idea is that, yes, there are genres that are better in certain areas, but that doesn't mean they own that, that any author can take those techniques and apply it to their writing. They can learn from those genres how to do it better, perhaps, but, you know, there are some other stories I've read where I can be very disquieted and it's not a horror story, but those elements still are there. Yep. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a great point and a good thing to keep in mind as well, that while certain genres might highlight certain things more than others, good authors in 
genres will be able to often blend all of these together and, and hit many, you know, all the same heights that writers in other genres are doing. Um, so I think that's that's a great point to be making as well, Lori. But then you can also think like, if I am weak in writing characterization, then maybe I should go to the library and check out this type of book. Or if I have trouble making life likable, sympathetic characters, then maybe I should go to the library and check out some romances because those could be good resources for learning how to, how to write those better. Because like you pointed out, that's where those genres really shine. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. For this episode's mid-roll break, we will be exploring novel marketing's first commandment of book marketing, which is love your reader as much as you love your book. To do this, you need to understand who your reader actually is. You need to study them and get to know them as well as you know your characters. Find real people you can interview who represent your target audience and ask them plenty of questions. Don't just write the book for yourself. Write it the way you objectively know your reader would love. Remember, readers can tell when you really understand and care about them or when you're just desperate to find new readers. For more book promotion and platform help, subscribe to Novel Marketing in your favorite podcast app or listen at novelmarketing.com. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we've been tackling how writers can stretch themselves and improve their craft by reading widely and not just sticking in their own genre corner. I'd like to transition now to maybe some more specific ways in which exploring outside of the genre you typically write in has challenged each of you panelists personally. Like, what lessons have you all specifically learned from reading or writing in other genres? I guess I'll jump in. I don't have a very good answer for this other than the fact that you would take me kicking and screaming to try another genre. And I was just so pleasantly surprised to discover that (laughs) I actually like something that's outside my comfort zone. So I think the real takeaway lesson from that would be that you can probably find something that you appreciate, admire, or even can use as a learning tool from just about any genre you pick up. I think I've alluded to this before uh, in this conversation, um, but in you know, reading more YA contemporary this year, since I had to do so as part of an assistant role I had for my school's library, um, you know, I think showed me a, a number of things about crafting dynamic, uh, sympathetic characters that I learned. I think I've grown in my abilities to do that. Um, through reading more YA contemporary, even though it's not a genre I plan to ever write in. You guys well served by that. Last year, I decided to read a novel by Sarah Sundin. Now, I typically read children's fiction or speculative fiction, and Sarah, she writes historical romantic suspense. But I really want to try one of her books because I've heard so many good things about her books. I found out not only had I discovered an amazing book, but I also learned some new techniques. The book taught me how to drop a little clues into a story and how to weave suspense into the plot. It taught me how to infuse emotion into a story and also how to add like those little details that make a story come alive. And after that, I, I just kept reading her novels and it just kept building upon that knowledge and enhancing it. Now, if a writer is going to begin doing this more, stepping out of their comfort zone, figuring out what else they might like, what tips do you all have for how you can choose the right books to read from other genres? 
this can be a really scary thing because the one thing that kept me so long from reading other genres is that I didn't want to waste my time on a book I hated. What I would suggest is to look at the people you follow on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, and see what books they like that are outside your genre. What are some authors you've seen a lot of people raving about? You could look at reviews on Goodreads. You could also try picking books from a publisher that you tend to like. Those are all some ways to hopefully get a better reading experience. I would also say to just do a little experimenting, exploring, because if you read a book in a certain genre and you don't like it, it doesn't mean all the other books in that genre you're going to dislike. Because maybe you just got a dud, or maybe the author's style just wasn't your thing. Or maybe the characters weren't relatable to you. But you should never nix a genre until you've read a few different books in that genre. Unless it's horror. If you read one horror novel and it gives you nightmares, do not read anymore. Trust me. Life is too short to spend your time reading about creepy basements. (laughs) There are some great creepy basement stories out there. All I'm gonna say, I, I know horror is not is not every every reader's taste. But no, I I, I sign on to all the other things you were you were saying there, uh, Mariposa, about um, you know, just you know, go to the people that you currently have connections with. Most of the books I've read from other genres are books that I've had other people personally recommend to me. Although sometimes I've also just looked at you know what is popular um, in other genres and just got to the popular book in another genre. Because if a bunch of other people of you know who love the genre really enjoy the book, that doesn't necessarily mean I'll like it, you know, but it means it'll probably give me a good sense of the genre and there's a fair shot that I might like it as well. Um, so I tend to go by either books that you know, either friends who I know who are avid readers of the genre, they'd recommend it. You know, if I know them particularly well, I might ask them, you know, what do you think I would like in it? Um, because if they know me and they know the genre, they might be able to give me a book that they think I'd be more likely to like than some other books. And I agree with both of them. Going to people you know and your friends and social media are great starting points. Um, there's one more thing that you might consider. If you go to Amazon, for example, and you ordered a book, down underneath they say, people who ordered this book also picked up. And sometimes I will go and I will look up other books that are ordered with a book that I enjoy and check it out and see if that might be something I'm interested in reading as well. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode and thanks to all of you listeners who tuned in. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a topic or question you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Email info at storyembers.org to let us know. And as always, special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Taylor Clogston, Michael Stanton, and Renee Kennedy. Visit patreon.com slash storyembers to become a supporter and get access to exclusive Story Embers updates, swag, and more. And finally, join me again on January 17th as Deus, Rose, and Martin tackle the question, does God call people to write? On the next episode of the Story Embers podcast.